Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. And now it's time for Tony in the Trenches. Well, you know it's going to be a good show when I start off with a Tony in the Trenches. Stay tuned. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money. The Worry-Free Retirement with your host, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. One of the things we're known for is the Tony in the Trenches, whereby we take questions from people, and uh, I decide to answer those questions on air. And we've got one of those. And this question came in following the four-part series we just completed regarding taxation of your money. This one is from Stan out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, who asks, Tony... I watched your show a couple of weeks ago on annuities and tax-deferred life insurance, and I got totally confused on how much money is owed on annuities in terms of when I take the money out. Could you go over that again, please? Well, that's a great question, Stan, and i tell you what we're going to do. This question, and especially after watching all four parts of the four different types of taxation, uh, really spurred my thinking that, you know what? We didn't really come into play or didn't really introduce how taxes are calculated for these, two, these four different types of categories, and today we're going to do that. This could be one of the most important shows you listen to, folks, because we're going to help you understand how taxes are calculated for all the different assets you have. And you might be saying, Tony, I just don't understand taxes. Believe me, by the end of this show, this is going to be very, very helpful. But first, we've got to introduce... Uh, I am Tony Walker, by the way, if you're just now joining us or have never caught the show before. We're on in Bowling Green in Bardstown, Kentucky. And, of course, we have uh, in southern Indiana, Aaron, do we have it up there too now? I'm, I'm going no, blank. So. We've got our TV show on in seven different uh, stations. So uh, for any of our radio or TV show times, you want to go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com under media, and you can check those out. But uh, we've got in the studio also in our Louisville studios today on February uh, 18th, 2019, Mr. Aaron Orander. He is America's favorite financial sidekick. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing good, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing real well. Um, you know, last week you did throw a curveball, Aaron. So, so two weeks ago, folks, Chad over at WKCT Radio had encouraged me to mic up, that's radio jingle talk, mic up Aaron uh, so we could communicate some here and there. And I said, well, shoot, I'd be glad to do that. Aaron's good on the air. In fact, Years ago, we were on TV together where I had him mic'd up, too, so he was perfectly comfortable with that. We show up last week to record the radio show, and Aaron's talking like he's got a mouthful of cotton. <laughs> you had your wisdom teeth out last week, right? Yeah, I had my wisdom teeth pulled last week, and uh, yeah, you, you did not want me on the show last week, trust me. 
and I saw a picture of you, but you didn't uh, wake up as giddy as sometimes people do. Is that correct? No, I wasn't a happy camper that, that morning we recorded. I was, I was a little sore. Um, that reminds me, I was 18, Aaron, when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. I won't try to trump your wisdom tooth story. There's a comedian that does a great, um, in fact, let's play a, let's play, this is a cool clip. This is a great comedian uh, talking about wisdom teeth and one-upping people on wisdom teeth story. This is a good one. I'm trying to tell my story. You know, I had some wisdom teeth pulled. I had, um, I had two, I had four pulled. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, five. No, nine. I had nine wisdom teeth pulled. All of mine were impacted. They were all coming upside down. The roots were up around my tongue, coming out my nose. They were tusks. I was a warthog. No anesthesia. They pulled them out with pliers. I was eating corn in the cob that afternoon. But anyway, my wisdom tooth story is, Aaron, I was 18. My father had to work. My stepmother ran me over to the dental office. Nobody had warned me about the reaction one could have as you come out of this stupor after the... So for me, all I do, I remember I was crying and weeping madly. You didn't have any crying after yours? No, I wasn't crying that much. I just... Oh, gosh. Sounded silly. It was so embarrassing. You know, my stepmom's there and I'm crying. She's trying to get me through the waiting room. You know, now they sneak you out the back door. Our, our kids have been <laughs> through this. Back then, they just traipsed you back through the waiting room and everybody, I guess, is... They're either laughing or they're scared to death because they're next. You know, that probably wasn't <laughs> smart. Well, folks, so we got a question. Let's get to the topics here. You know, after covering the four types of taxation, speaking of wisdom teeth, that's probably, you might rather just have your wisdom teeth pulled out instead of sitting there listening to this, but you got to understand how taxes work, folks. I mean, think about it. You work hard all your life. You pay all these taxes, and then you get to retirement. This is a retirement planning show. Then you get to retirement, and you hope that you've taken care of all the taxes on your money, but you are soon to find out that, no, there's a whole set of other taxes out there that awaits you that's going to pounce on your retirement money. So let's go to this first question, and I'm going to cover several different uh, types of assets, but I think it's important to dive right into this first question about annuities. Uh, on one of our former shows, we, we did a deep dive on annuities, annuities would fall into that category of after-tax, tax-deferred. So you can also put an annuity in a pre-tax account or an IRA. A lot of people don't know that, but you can. But let's, let's stay with the after-tax, tax-deferred, because this is really, really important stuff. So let's say you have $200,000. Uh, this is money you've saved over the years. You've got it in the bank. You've already paid taxes on it. And uh, maybe you're tired of earning 2% and... You know, that would be the category of after-tax taxable, so you're getting a 1099 on this 2% of $200,000 or $4,000, and you don't need the money, so you have to turn that into your accountant every year, this 1099, and have to pay taxes on it, which you're thinking, well, that's silly. Uh, can I not defer the taxes owed on this money since I'm not using it? And if you're in a bank CD, no, you can't. Again, this is assuming a non-qualified account. We're not talking about pre-tax IRAs, just money you've already paid taxes on. So you say, well, Tony, I've heard or even saw some literature recently that annuities are tax deferred. It seems like that would be a much better way to go. And as we talked about in a previous episode, anytime you defer taxes, the only reason you would defer taxes, there's actually two reasons. The first one that everybody talks about is that in the future, your tax bracket, the amount of money the government's going to tax, is lower than in what it is today. 
Well, of course, as we've been talking, uh, I'll go into some details of some slides in the next segment, but as we've been talking about on the show, uh, and as I discussed in a workshop I conducted last night in Louisville, most people are not real confident that taxes will go down in the future in this country. They think they'll go up. So what we're trying to say is, wouldn't it be nice to get rid of the taxes now? And if you have a non-qualified tax-deferred annuity, you are postponing those taxes. So the question from Stan is, okay, Tony, walk me through that. How am I going to pay taxes on that money? So let's say you do that. Let's say it's Stan. So Stan has brought me $200,000. We invested in a tax-deferred annuity, so he owes no current taxes, which saves him a ton of money on opportunity cost. But the question is, will it save him any taxes? So we fast forward, just so I can do the math quickly. The annuity is doubled in value. Maybe it's 20 years out, okay? So now the annuity is worth 400000 but Stan has not owed a lick of taxes because it's tax deferred. And on the surface, Stan thinks, boy, that's great. And it is, but the problem is Stan decides he wants his money back out and he's going to liquidate this annuity. So how do we determine the taxes? It's an interesting term, and it's called cost basis. Uh, Aaron, has anybody ever, you, have you ever had an argument with somebody, a friendly argument, and you, you're debating something, and they go, well, so what's the basis of your rationale? Have you ever heard that right. term? Yeah, yeah. I've, heard that. I've heard that said before. I've probably said it before. Yeah, because you, you, or your kids even, you, you know, you don't say basis. They you don't say understand. the word basis, right. Yeah, but you, so basis establishes a starting point. And in, and in the financial world, your basis is your cost basis. In other words, what have you actually contributed to this account? So in Stan's example, he's already paid taxes on the 200000 He invests that money with us in an annuity. So his new cost basis moving forward is $200,000. Now, why is this important? Why do you need to know that number? Because in 20 years, in this example, Stan decides he's going to liquidate that annuity that means he has a gain. Remember, we said the annuity hypothetically is worth four hundred thousand. If his cost basis is two hundred thousand, that would mean his gain is what, Aaron? Two hundred. There you go. Very yeah. good. That's not too hard. So you say, well, okay, I got you. So that gain is two hundred thousand, and since Stan has not paid any taxes on it, how do we compute that taxes? Is it capital gain? Is it ordinary income? And unfortunately, with an annuity on the surface, it is taxed at the full ordinary income tax rates, so that entire $200,000 is going to have to go on Stan's tax return. And if he delayed it 20 years, let's say the taxes now are 30% in 20 years, that means Stan's going to owe 30% of 200 or $60,000. Quite a bit of money. You might say, well, Tony, uh, that's not all that great. Is there any way to avoid that? I'm going to share that with you in just a second, but let's keep moving. So let's say Stan dies. You say, well, surely his kids aren't going to have to pay taxes on it. In this example, with an annuity, non-qualified annuity, they will. Uh, because we're going to talk also about something called a step-up in basis. So in that example, there is no step-up in basis on an annuity. So the family would have to pay the same taxes on the same amount, 200000 on their tax return. So this is where we get into folks trying to deal with taxes now. Now, you might say, Tony, well... You're always talking about mailbox money. Is there a way to turn that annuity into mailbox money? And would that be advantageous? That's a really good question because yes, it would. So there's a little known uh, tax secret that most people don't really know about or don't want to tell you about uh, that is really a good way for to take a non-qualified annuity and make it at least spread the taxes out over your lifetime. So in this example is called an exclusion ratio. 
But in this example, what the government will allow us to do if Stan says, okay, Tony, I agree, I don't want to take it out lump sum because I'm going to have to owe taxes immediately on $200,000 gain, but what if I spread it out over time? What if I took mailbox money? That's a good idea because then the government will let you spread that tax over Stan's lifetime or if he had a spouse over his or her lifetime. So it's really, really cool to think about how do we use annuities to deploy that money at the least amount of taxes? And that's something at Tony Walker Financial we can help you with. Now, when we come back, we're going to get into cost basis, and I'm going to use some other examples, and I'm going to share with you the two best investments out there in terms of tax efficient. And one of those investments is really going to surprise you. The other one might surprise you as well. But I'm going to cover those when we get back. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. Stay tuned. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a buyout? Has a company you work for recently moved or been acquired or closed its doors forever? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k to safer territory. Why continue to risk your hard-earned money when you don't have to? Let's meet in person today to discuss your retirement options. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your no-obligation appointment to meet with me in person. Do it today. Welcome back to the Worry Free Retirement. I may have mentioned briefly in the last segment that we had a workshop in Louisville last night called Tax-Free Retirement. And uh, interesting workshop. We had a lot of great feedback from that. But we got into the history of the national debt. Uh, this is one reason, of course, that we worry about the future of our taxes and whether they'll go up, which I think they will. But this is really interesting. The national debt was just over $1 trillion in 1981. Now, 1981... That wasn't that far back, Aaron, was it? No. I mean, really, that wasn't that far back. Just over $1 trillion, and that's still a lot of debt. Do you want to take a guess, Aaron? Here we are in 2018. At the end of 2018, this is according to Haver Analytics. What do you think the national debt is right now? I'll say $1.4 trillion. $1.4 Okay. That was not a very good guess. Again, folks, this is why he's America's favorite financial sidekick, not the financial advisor. So... Actually, Aaron, this is going to blow you away. Remember, 81, a little over $1 trillion. So however many years later, here we are in 2018, it's over $21 trillion. Whoa. I was, yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean. way off. Well, but you know what, though? That's, I mean, that's natural. If you ask probably 80% of the people, that's the whole problem. They don't realize the amount of debt. And an interesting, Haver Analytics says that in the last six months, the debt went up $1 trillion. So, you know, you've heard of compound interest. The problem with the debt is it's compounding out of control, too. So again, folks, if you're sitting there just hope upon hope that taxes will go down in the future, uh, the likelihood of that happening to me is very unlikely when you look at things like our national debt. Now, with that said, this is kind of interesting. I'm going through. These were my uh, <clears throat> slides I used from the workshop, but let me find this one slide. This is really interesting statistic. If you think about what we call qualified plans... Now, again, an annuity, in this last example, can be put in a qualified account like an IRA or whatever, but I just want to go over qualified plans in general. So right now, this is ironic, right now if you add up all qualified plans, this would be pensions, uh, 457s, 401ks, individual IRAs, 
according to Investment Company Institute, there is over $29 trillion in those assets. So Aaron, I know you're more of a producing the radio and TV show, but if you had to go grab some money from somewhere and you're a politician, we got to pay off this debt, and there's $29 trillion out there that hasn't been taxed, wouldn't you say that would be a potentially logical source to go get some money? Yeah, I'd probably go after that. <laughs> so folks, again, here you are. Uh, this money is sitting out there waiting to be taxed. I call it a tax tumor. And this is why we created our five-year Roth conversion strategy. It's a strategy that first looks at your situation to see if you're even a good candidate for a Roth conversion. And then secondly, if you are, we implement it all. And we do all this with no out-of-pocket cost to you. It's a great concept. And if you want to take advantage of that and talk further about how you can turn taxable income into tax-free income, why don't you log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, click on that Let's Get Started button, and tell us you want to talk about lowering your taxes. All right, now back to annuities, though, because this is really important because we're, you know, we do a lot of work in annuities. Remember, an annuity can be put inside a qualified account, like an IRA, which means it's all going to be taxed at ordinary income. You don't have any what's called cost basis for tax purposes. Or you can take money that's already been taxed and put it in an annuity, and that way all the interest earned is tax deferred, so you don't have to claim it currently, which basically saves you on what we call opportunity cost. So in our last segment, we talked about the idea of how do we mitigate some of those taxes. About the only way to do that is we have to agree to annuitize that annuity over time. Now, there was another category that I used last week in the tax deferred category that ties right into annuities, but it's taxed differently, even though it's issued by insurance companies, and that's tax deferred life insurance. So now this is really, really tax efficient. Let me give an example of this. So I've got I've got four of them, actually. I've got a dividend-participating whole life policy on myself. And I've got four different policies, and I put a lot of money into those. So I have to put that money in after tax. In other words, I collect money from my business. I pay the tax on it. Then I take that money and put it into life insurance every month. Now, why would I do that? Well, because it is one of the most tax-efficient tools available. Let me, let me share why. First of all, unlike the annuity, if I go and take some of that money out of the annuity, let's go back to the annuity. I put in 200,000, it's worth 400,000, and maybe I don't wanna surrender the annuity. Maybe I just wanna take out 100,000. And assuming that uh, is out of the surrender charge period, you call me up and you say, Tony, send me $100,000. How's that gonna be taxed? Well, with the government, that's called LIFO, life in first, last in, first out. So in other words, the last in was the interest earned, that's the first that comes out. So that $100,000 withdrawal is fully taxable, not good. Well, let's go to life insurance now. If I have a good, strong dividend participating whole life, especially if I've been overfunding that, which I do, now let's say I've put in 200,000 into my life insurance. The cash value is 400,000, and I wanna withdraw 100. With life insurance, they use the accounting method called FIFO, first in, first out. So the first in money I put in was my original basis. I've already paid taxes on that 200. So if I took out $100,000, it would be a return of my original premium, which is no taxes. If I wanna borrow the balance out, I can borrow it out tax-free, which I did that, uh, quite frankly, I borrowed from my policies to buy our new building in Louisville. I borrowed all that out tax-free, and then I'm paying myself back plus interest. So heck of a deal. So as we're talking about different types of uh, uh, holdings, 
The two types of assets that provide the most tax efficiency are real estate and life insurance. And when I come back, I'm going to explain why those two components, not that you should rush out and buy real estate, but why real estate does not need to be housed inside an IRA. I'm Tony Walker. You're listening to The Word for Retirement. I'll be right back. Tired of the roller coaster ride of the stock market? Let Tony Walker show you how to smooth out the ride with your money. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Are you retired or retiring soon? Do you have a 401k, IRA, thrift savings account, 403b, or lump sum pension that you'd like to move to safer territory? Did you know that all the money you see on your 401k statement isn't really yours? Depending on your overall taxable income, the government has essentially a lien on your 401k that can tax as much as 40% of your money when you go to take it out. Tony Walker calls this the 401k tax tumor. For over 33 years, retirement specialist Tony Walker has helped thousands of savers worry less about money by creating game plans to deal with your tax tumor. Get control of your retirement by controlling the taxes owed on it. Schedule a free meeting to see if you can reduce your tax tumor and provide a guaranteed income you can never outlive. To get started, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. In case you're just now joining us, folks, if you have any questions at all or would like to talk to me in person, uh, again, just log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. I'd be happy to try to answer your tax questions. We are not tax preparers, though. We do tax planning. Big difference. So we don't do your income taxes. That still has to be done either on your own or through an accountant or a CPA. So just clarify that. All right. So I left you hanging. The two best, most tax-efficient assets out there in my humble opinion, as I've watched this play out for the past 34 years and being in the trenches, number one, real estate. Number two, overfunded, dividend-participating, whole life insurance. That's right, I said whole life insurance. So let's get real quickly, well, let's finish up on the whole life insurance. So think about this. I've got a policy that I can use, if I do it properly, without any taxes during my lifetime. I can take money out. I can put money back in. You can't do this with a 401k, folks. Uh, that there, and in fact, we can show you how the interest on these is very, very minimal. So it's going to have very little out-of-pocket cost. And then the beauty of that is when I pass away with life insurance, unlike annuities that are going to have some gain, let's say my life insurance policy now is worth a million dollars, even though I've only put $200,000 in it. Here's the beauty. Uh, Aaron, you would think that if my cost basis in that example is 200000 right? That's what I put in. And let's say the death benefit is $1 million. When I die, if Susan gets a million. What's the gain on that? 200000 Well, you put in two hundred. now it's worth a million, so it'd oh, be 800000 yeah. Exactly. So the same thing. If I had that in an annuity, or if I had that in my 401k, all of it, or at least the gain, is going to be taxable. Not so with life insurance, folks. This is the thing people miss, and this is why when people tell you you won't need life insurance in retirement, it's probably the worst advice you could get, because think about this. I know I'm going to die. Why in the world wouldn't I want to leave something to my family completely tax-free? And it's going to be more, guaranteed, if you do this right, guaranteed more than what I put in. I, I don't know. 
no probate, no taxes, more than I put in, that's what we call an overfunded dividend participating whole life insurance, which we do those all the time. We can help you with those folks. In fact, that type of product where I cut my teeth in this business back in the mid-80s. So if you want to review your life insurance and see how that works, the tax efficiency of insurance, we'll be happy to share with you. All right, in our limited time, though, i got to talk about real estate. Now, I don't own a lot of real estate. I own a couple of buildings and I own a home and all that. But I have to admit, and I'm not in the real estate business, folks, so don't think I'm trying to pitch you on buying real estate. That's not why I'm saying this. But I have to admit, to me, the most tax-efficient asset of all, both while you're alive and both after you die, is real estate. So let's think about real estate a minute. And this is why, by the way, remember, if you take real estate and put it inside your IRA, which some people are recommending you do this, I don't agree with that. The reason I don't agree with it is you lose a lot of the tax advantages that you would have had you owned that real estate outside the IRA. So let's use an example. So I run out and buy a piece of real estate for 300000 Maybe I'm okay borrowing some of that from the bank. Nothing wrong with that, and I'll show you why. So maybe you put down 60000 and you borrow 240000 from the bank. Now, you've paid 300000 for the real estate, so that's your cost basis. You paid for that with after-tax money, even though... The bank loans you the money. Technically, that's your cost basis. And you start making loan payments back to the bank. Well, assuming you have rental income coming in from that real estate, that real estate rental income and those loan payments, the interest on it, can offset one another, meaning some of that is deductible. This is a key point, folks. So now, all of a sudden, you've got real estate. We like to say OPM, other people's money. You've used other people's money to finance it. That's the bank. And now you've got other people uh, financing the bank's payment with rental payments. And you're able to offset some of the taxes on those rental payments. Okay. Again, see your accountant for the details. This gets back into tax preparation. We don't get into this. I'm just showing you how efficient real estate is. And then down the road, let's say the real estate's worth 500000 You've depreciated the real estate. You've gotten deductions on that, and you sell it for 100. Uh, excuse me. You sell it for a 500,000, and now you're depreciated down to nothing. So you would have a 500,000 dollar gain. But you got to wait a minute. If taxes have gone up in the future, taxes on real estate are taxed at something called capital gains, which capital gains are very low right now, and historically have always been lower than ordinary income. Plus. Now we're introducing a neat concept called step-up in basis. So not only have you had interest deductions all those years, you've had other people paying the premium, uh, paying the rent for you, helping you to make your payment back to the bank. You've had depreciation. Um, you've been able to see this asset possibly grow. You know, you can ride down the road and look at your asset. This building we're located in in Louisville and the offices in Bowling Green, I, our family partnership, Walker Fam Family Investments, owns those buildings, and it's nice to know that Hey, I'm literally recording this show out of a building our family owns. So that's pretty cool. But here's the kicker. When I die with these buildings, in this example, all of the gain, in this example we said it was worth 500000 because I've depreciated it. My cost basis is down to zero. But when I die, that full $500,000 gain gets what's called a step-up in basis. So for my tax purposes, my basis is zero, but my family's tax purposes, they get a brand new basis of $500,000 because this building will be revalued at the date of my death. The government allows us to step that up to the fair market value when this example is $500,000. So if my family turns around and sells the building right after I die, 
they would owe zero capital gains taxes. Now, folks, that's hard to beat. So you might be sitting there saying, well, Tony, I don't know about real estate. I don't want to get into all that real estate. Go back to some of the products you have. What is it you do, Tony, that can really help me get a hold on my money? Well, again, we don't do real estate, but we do a lot of work with annuities. We do a lot of work with life insurance. We do a lot of work with long-term care. And yes, we have our Charles Schwab uh, portfolio system that I manage personally uh, as a fiduciary that I can help you with. So the best thing you can do to literally look at your situation to see which area we can help you in and which would be the most tax efficient for you is you got to log on to our website at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. And once there, all you got to do is click on the Let's Get Started, and we'll start off with a phone call, find out what it is you're looking for and how I might be able to help. And then if it warrants, we will meet in person at either our Bowling Green or Louisville, Kentucky office. And as always, there's never a cost or obligation for you and I to meet in person. And yes, folks, if it warrants a meeting, you will be meeting with the man himself, myself, in person. We don't uh, pawn you off to anybody else and you wonder where in the heck Tony went to. So that's one of the advantages of working with us. You will get to meet with me in person. So take advantage of this. Don't sit back and think taxes are going to go down. They're probably not. Take action and let's meet. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you. You know, next week, I'm going to break it up a little bit. I'm going to talk about the concept of your finances in retirement backfiring on you. Pretty scary thought to think about, but we're going to show you how to avoid your financial retirement backfiring on you. You've been listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. Between now and next week, you remember, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.